think we have a good excuse for that. Here in the UK, outside but um it's yeah it's not much breeze about is there and i um i'd I'd ordered some white magnums from tesco and they were substituted for classic no not 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 the end of the world it could have been substituted for something that wasn't a magnum in which case (laughs) it would have been you know kicking off territory (laughs) but at least you still got the absolute pinnacle of ice creams in your freezer Mm. to be honest you do like you've just kind of Lock yourself into a really dark room, <laughs> just escaping all possible UV rays. T- to be honest, I didn't paint my room um, with podcasts in mind. Maybe I should have done. <laughs> no, no. I, to be honest with you, isn't it, it looks a bit green there. So with, any, with anything, you might um, you might could be in trouble if some entrepreneur, you know, if some enterprising city fans want to edit something funny around your back. But you know, I'm not encouraging that sort of behaviour. Thanks for the idea. <laughs> but and also joining with us today um in the lot more sunny you know a lot more typically sunny texas houston joe how's it going mate it's all right thank you i don't know what you're complaining about the heat because it's <laughs> even warmer and stuffier over here there's literally a little crack in the curtains behind you yeah. and i know it's only about what eight in the morning over the, your, your, your neck of the woods but it looks like <laughs> the sun is absolutely boiling already just for yeah. a simple crack um you know We'll talk a lot more about you know you being over in the states along with City in due course. But but how are you doing? How, how was the flight over? Get any good films watched? Uh, I went through I think two Batman films on the uh, on the plane. So yeah, nice. all, all good. Solid, uh, solid. I panicked a little bit when there was a little six year old next to me, but good as gold. And uh, yeah, all went all went swimming. Oh, that that is very good to hear. I think my head would have fallen clean off my shoulders <laughs> if I was in a scenario just as you. But I tell you, who says Mike. Just be falling off his shoulders this week, Simon. And that is Pep Guardiola because <laughs> unlike the MEN who have gone to America with their full team intact, it does help that only one person has gone, so there wasn't much room for error. But unlike us, City have gone without four click um, four key players to America. Um, Emerit Laporte, Phil Foden, John Stones and Ilkay Gundogan all haven't <laughs> travelled. How much of a blow is this to kind of City's preparations going into the season? Um on the surface, it does seem, you know, not useful or handy in the slightest, but my mind does kind of cast back to the last couple of years where, you know, Guardiola hasn't had good preparations in either of those due to COVID, but, you know, hasn't really made much of a difference um, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I would probably say it's kind of more of a blow for the players that haven't gone than it is for, for Guardiola. Like you say, he's got, like, mostly a full squad to work with um, and... He's kind of where he wants to be in the States. He likes going to the States. Um, and I, there's no major tournament. So he's, he's got, you know, plenty of players. All the new signings are on are on board. Um, the, the other kind of thing to note is that it's quite a short preseason tour. Um, I think certainly, is it nine, ten days, Joe? Something like that. Yeah. Um, whereas, say, like Man United have been away for three weeks um so you know city will be missing those players for like a week and a half and maybe kind of three and a half weeks of preparing for the season um so it's not as bad as if say they'd been away for for the bulk of the time um but obviously for Foden, Gundogan and 
Stones, they will have to work extra hard to get back in when when they do return to Manchester um, to to show why they should be starting sort of against Liverpool in the Shield and then more importantly at West Ham on the opening day. Yeah, absolutely, Joe. I think you know we'll talk about the players who this could benefit potentially um, in a moment, but it does seem like you know Laporte's out for um, due to fitness issue. Um, the other three, um, it's more due to entry requirements getting into the United States. I believe they're training with the under twenty threes and in Croatia. I believe it is on their training camp, so you know they'll still be keeping fit. And I, you know the benefits of City is that the youth teams play like the senior team. So while they won't be in the um, you know, the guidance of Guardiola, they'll still be training. You know, it's not like they're going to under 18s or the under 23s and are suddenly playing hoofball or anything. You know, they're going to be used to all the training drills and whatnot. But as Sai said, though, it, it, we could see the season with none of those players um, potentially in the starting 11 if others who've gone to America really kind of step up and impress in their absence. Yeah, I think you, you, you could look at it and just say, oh, well, it's just like they're injured, but they're not because they are still training. So, it's unfortunate. It's not ideal, but I think it, you've just got to accept that it's it's happened and, and move on. And like Sai said, it's up to them to show why they should be in the team rather than City sort of not welcoming them back in, but sort of making that that effort. And like you say, there's there's lots of other opportunities that that will give to other players. I think if you look at Phil Foden not being there, that I think will give Jack Grealish quite a big chance in these two games to say, right, I want this left wing position um in midfield that probably might give Calvin Phillips a bit more more game time maybe. Um, I'm not sure how they're gonna gonna do it with managing all the minutes and stuff, but um and in defence uh, Nathan Ake might feel that that he can sort of get a bit of a march on on that maybe third third spot rather than being fourth choice. So um yeah if if it's annoying in one sense I think they can these players can use it as an opportunity in, in another sense to to sort of get a bit of a get into Guardiola's head ahead of the new season and, and try and get that those positions locked down for the uh, the community shield and West Ham and going forward. Yeah, definitely. I mean you mentioned Grealish there and I think out of all the players, um he must be the one who's looking at this, you know, this fixture against Club America this week and then Bayern Munich afterwards. He must be the one side looking at this, you know, chomping at the bit the most because He's had the year um, of kind of adapting to Guardiola's, you know, such a in culture shock to pretty much any other manager, mm. how they play. Getting getting that, that change always takes a year or so for City's attackers at least to kind of get used to. If you kind of cast your mind back, uh, Mares, Bernardo mm. Silva, um, off the top of my head, you know, they all took a season before we finally saw the best of them. So now this is going into this year, this is when Grealish really does have to deliver. I think it's fair to say he's got a, a much more pressure on his head than any of those others did with such a steep price tag. But he must be looking at these two fixtures now, um, really, really kind of determined to show that he's capable of being that decisive player that um, Guardiola needs. Especially now, since as we talked about last week, um, Sterling and Jesus have gone. If he, if he doesn't make the step up now, I, um, I think it could be kind of worrying of. You know, the people who immediately jumped to him being a flop last year, who are obviously jumping the gun a bit. But I think if, if we don't start seeing him consistently playing in the first team, being one of those players Guardiola trusts, um, we could start maybe entering that territory in a few months' time. Yeah, I think so. Um, <clears throat> you, you speak to people at the club and even last season when he wasn't playing that well um, or didn't seem to be adapting, there were kind of no doubts to his, his ability and training. Um, and what he was contributing, and and kind of if anything, he just wasn't being greedy enough. 
and you kind of saw towards the end of the season, uh, you know, he was very unlucky with those two efforts against Real Madrid and important goal against West Ham on the penultimate week. Um, that he was he was getting it, and from what he was saying, he was getting it. I, I kind of think, you know, although he would say that he relishes the responsibility and, you know, doesn't care about his 100 million price tag, um, I kind of think he should be helped by the arrivals of Haaland and Alvarez um, because everyone's going to be obsessed with Haaland. You know, how many goals is Haaland going to score? What's he going to do? And also, Alvarez has got quite the following. Um, you know, is this hot property from South America? So, um, they should kind of take the attention away from Grealish. But also, if they take up the nine position, that's one position you don't have to bother with at all um, to think about. And kind of the less in his head, the better he can focus on the wings and um, and kind of ensuring he's the best in those positions that, that he can be. I, I Yeah, I might be wrong. I think he'll have a very big season. No, no, absolutely. I agree. I think, as I said there, it always takes 12 months, or at least you have to give any kind of forward-thinking player who comes into Guardiola's team, you've got to give them that 12 months, I think, as a bit of leeway. I, I think Guardiola probably knows that as well. It's such a such a stark difference, to, you know, especially coming from Aston Villa, who aren't even like a top club. And, you know, Bernardo came from Monaco, who had just won the, um, the French League, playing amazing football. Um, Likewise, Mavis had come from Leicester, who'd kind of gone to an upper echelon. So they're a bit more used to playing at the biggest skit stage. Whereas, you know, Villa, he was in a relegation battle um, two seasons ago or whenever it was before he left. Yeah. So it's such a big culture change, Joe. And I think, but, so that's fine. Last year, he had good moments. He was on the bench quite a bit, but now is the time for him to step up and they say Club America on Wednesday. You'd kind of expect him to start. Um, with the you know with Ford and not available. Yeah, I think it, it's obviously the first game of pre-season, so I think it will be more about fitness rather than anything else. But it will be interesting to see. I, I would expect him to be on that left wing because there's not many other alternatives. Um, I think it will be. I think he will benefit from having a striker like we've been talking about. Um, I don't want to compare. Ollie Watkins to Erling Haaland, but he was at his best at Aston Villa when he had that central striker to play with rather than having to sort of create the chances and then there's no one really in the box, which is what he had last season. So um, I hope he does well because I've been spending the last 12 months saying he will be good next season. He, he needs that year to sort of bed in. So I'm hoping that he sort of proves me right. But um, the, these are the kind of games, I think, in pre-season where we can really sort of say, right, I've had that season. I've learned all the things that I needed to learn and now now I can kick on and I've, I've got no one behind me for this week or two let's let's use that position and try and, and make a make a point to to the manager and, and to the fans but I, I would expect that having a striker through the middle just naturally will help his game anyway because it will give him something to to aim for someone to to play with rather than having to sort of stop and look around, which I think we saw quite a lot last season when he said he was more bothered about keeping possession. If he can put a ball into the box, he knows that Erling Haaland's probably going to be there, which should hopefully benefit both him and City. Yeah, absolutely. And if all that's failed, let's just have more videos of him reacting to people saying he's got a symmetrical face because <laughs> he, he must just be like the most down-to-earth footy player about at the minute. I absolutely love the lad. And I said, I think all our reputations are on the line in that he will kind of have a big breakout year at City this current season. Um, but another player we want, we'll talk about Nathan Ake a bit later on, Si, but I think the other player John mentioned who 
could really use this opportunity with kind of Gundogan gone. Is Calvin Phillips? I, I said kind of last week, you know, he's been brought in as Rodri's, well, as Fernandinho's replacement as kind of the second fiddle to Rodri. But I did say last week, I do think there is a chance of him kind of maybe taking Gundogan's mantle, that, that number eight who can operate at both sides of the pitch, get the ball moving, play good passes, pop up with a goal every now and then. And as we say, Gundogan's not in the States with the team. Is, is this a chance for maybe Phillips to make an early claim for that kind of eight role in, in Guardiola's midfield? Um, I mean, that might be a bit early, but I, I think, you know, we were talking about the three players who missed it. It probably helps City that the three players who've missed it have had, you know, five, six years of Guardiola experience, so they won't need much time to drop in. If, say, Phillips had missed it, it would have been kind of a big setback for him only just joined and then he's only had a week of training and he's not with the squad again, kind of learning what he needs to learn. I think this is where these pre-season tours are like really important to to embed um, the manager's principles in, into the new signings um, and show exactly what they want to do. You know, City have liked Phillips for a while and, uh, and Gundogan being absent probably gives them um, more of a chance to, you know, maybe give him 90 where they give him 45 or 60 where he get 30 um, in these in these games. And yeah, just get used to playing in the City team because it does take a lot of time as, you know, the likes of Grealish um, and, and Rodri will tell you. Um, but the quicker you can be immersed in in the sort of specific demands of this team, then, then the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another player we'll be looking to kind of get immersed, Joe, is Julian Alvarez. We talked about a lot about him last week. I think we kind of placed um, probably kind of semi-high expectations on him. Um, do you expect to see much of him in the coming two games? And where do you think he'll play um, if we do? I think of anyone because he's been playing all season and he's not really had a break. He's probably going to be the one who will probably look fitter than everyone else. And uh, he's looked in the little videos we've seen from training, he's looked quite sharp. I spoke to um, Riyad Mahrez yesterday and like the, the quotes aren't out yet, but he was saying he's looked really, really good. But also at the same time, don't put too much pressure on him. Like, let's let's wait and see. Let's take the pressure off. Um, so I think he will be sort of maybe an unexpected player at the start of the season. I think he's got a chance to sort of, every, all the eyes will be on Haaland. He might be the one to, to sort of use his sort of momentum and the, the clear talent he has to, to maybe raise a few eyebrows and take that attention off. I, I don't know. I think he wants to play through the middle, doesn't he? When, like Mario said yesterday, he's a striker. He's, that's where he's been playing. So um, I would probably expect that. But again, without much cover on, on the right wing, he could be moved out there at times to sort of just keep the balance of the squad and keep him happy and keep Mario's rotated and, and that sort of thing. Um, but it seems like he's made a decent start at, at City in training and uh, he's sort of letting the football do the talking. It does seem like an eerily similar dynamic already to what we had with Aguero and Jesus just you know a few years ago. So it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out. But um, you know, with the travelling squad, um, a good helping of kind of City's promising youngsters have all travelled as well to kind of make up the numbers. You've got the usual suspects who we saw, you know, who we all know a lot about already from either their kind of rare appearances in the first team or you know being on the bench towards the end of last season or for their performances um in the youth sides. We've got um Liam Delap, Kai Kit, uh, Luke Mbete, Cole Palmer, 
James McAtee, Josh Wilson-Hesbrand, Oscar Bob, um, Rico Lewis, Finley Burns and Ben Knight, who have all made the trip. So I know a few of them are more kind of familiar names than others. Um, which ones do you see kind of getting a bit a fair whack of game time um, in these upcoming friendlies? And will either, will any of them kind of do enough to be more regular fixtures in the first team? I think all signs kind of point towards Cole Palmer on that front. Um, yeah, I mean, one outside bet would be Rico Lewis, um, who is a young right back. I think he was under 18s captain last year. Um, but you know, CJ Egan Riley, who was kind of directly ahead of him, has, has left on a, a permanent transfer for, to um to Burnley this summer. So City are quite short as far as as right backs go. Um, so I wonder if we might see see a bit of Rico Lewis, um, because I wouldn't expect that Kyle Walker would sort of be flogged for two sets of 90 minutes, as ever, it's kind of Walker or or nothing. Um, I know Cancelo can play there, but he's obviously uh playing on the left as well. And if Sinchenko goes, that takes away that. So, you know, that's a, an interesting option, um, for someone who could well get more minutes than most on this tour, even if um, he may well end up playing fewer minutes than, than the rest over the course of the season. Mm-hmm. Joe, who, who do you expect to kind of make an impact on the tour? I think, yeah, your you, usual suspects like Palmer, McAtee, Delap, it's if, if they even get half an hour here or there, it's half an hour more than they're probably going to get in, in a normal sort of week or two in the Premier League. So that, that's an opportunity for them to show what they can do. And especially like Club America are going to be backed by a big following and uh, I think they gave Chelsea a decent game the other day and Bayern Munich are a good side so that'll be a brilliant opportunity for those two um, and I think Kaiki as well I think with the the sort of the thinning of options on the wing he could be one who is used to to rest the other players he might have a chance to to sort of show why was it 10 million that they paid for him like he, he did improve over the season from from sort of getting to know English football and and all everything that is required from a city player. So this might be a chance for him to say, you know, look at me, I, I am an option. I'm getting better and like show show what you can do. What what do you think the next year holds for Delap? Because I think it's kind of a weird case with with him because not the start of last season, it like he was kind of primed to be a semi regular kind of fixture in the city team for the coming season. Um, see with Aguero. Um, leaving and no striker coming in. City were kind of low on attacking options, but then he, he was kind of injured a lot of the time or in and out of the youth teams and didn't actually end up playing that much at all in a year. That could have been a breakout one for him. And now, of course, Haaland's come in. Alvarez, you'd think, is kind of the backup striker option. Um, is a loan the most likely outcome for him? Because, you know, we've seen him, you know, yourself um, uh, and myself have seen plenty of him um, in the youth teams and, I think it was an under-18s Youth Cup game I saw either last year or the year before. And um, he was still qualified to play for the under-18s, but he was already a cut above and looked like a giant amongst um, children, um, the way he bodied some of those players about. So it's clear he's kind of above that level, literally in age terms now, and probably getting too good for under-23s as well, if you can kind of get his fitness together. Do you think um, a low move is kind of the right case? I think... Vincent Company is just after all of his all of City's youth players from what it appears. So maybe that would end up being a decent move for him. Yeah, possibly. I, th- I think he needs to play this season. Last season, obviously, he had the injuries, the setbacks. He needed to get 
that injury sorted rather than being rushed back. So I think that was obviously the right thing to do. And when he did come back at the end of the season, he, he looked really sharp for the, the under-23s, especially at the end of the season when they were winning the title. He, he was he didn't really get the goals he deserved, but the, the two or three games I saw at the end of the season, he was plugging away all the time. He didn't give the defenders a moment's peace. And he's he's one of a few players now who I, I just think of, I'm not sure what they get from these under-23 games. They're, they're too good for that level, like Cole Palmer's another one, McAtee. Um, we've seen Romeo Lavia leave because, yes, you're going to sort of learn the City way, but I'm not sure you're getting tested every week. So may- maybe alone could be a good thing at, at this stage of his career after the year he's had. He's not going to play that much, like you say, with Haaland and Alvarez. And I think it's, if either of those two weren't available, City would probably move one of the other ones, one of the other players into attack like they have done for the last year or two. So, yeah, for me, looking from the outside, I would say alone would be better for him just to get back to playing after a pretty difficult year. Yeah, absolutely. And just to add, I think I'd like to see McAtee get some minutes because whenever I've seen him play, he's always looked really good. And it's just a shame for him that him and Palmer have kind of come through at the same time because I think if Palm, he'd probably be the next in line after Palmer. So it'd be interesting to see how he gets on as well. But as you, as you mentioned there, Joe, Club America are by, are by no means going to be a kind of pushover that many might be expecting. They have um, they're in the midst of their Mexican league season. I think they've only played a game in their league four or five days ago, and then I should say they played Chelsea in a friendly in Las Vegas and were only narrowly defeated two um, one. It was a late Mason Mount winner that kind of scuppered a draw there for them. They'll be well backed, as you say. It, it, you know, hot conditions in Houston. It, it's not going to be. It's, it's going to be like a very good, tough workout for a first match back. One that's really going to test the fitness of the players. Yeah, I, th- I think that that will be it, and especially with with the heat and uh, the, the sort of humidity as well. Um, all, all the sort of taxi drivers I spoke to have said it's going to be a, a, a sellout game, and there's a big sort of Mexican community here in Houston, and they're all really looking forward to it. So there is a buzz around it. I don't think it's going to be an easy game, but I mean, City should be beating them if that's what they're they're looking for if that's their priority but i think the uh, what people will be looking for is just the fitness the the patterns if, if they do trial or formation how the new players are doing i think i think that will be what they're looking for and they, at the same time they'll get a good test from a what looked to be a, a fairly decent enough team to to sort of not just roll over and let them score five or six goals because you see that sometimes in pre-season was it in the, when, when they went to asia at, at one point they were just playing teams and swatting them mm. aside I think it's probably more beneficial to have a team that is going to test them and defend a bit and you know look to to exploit them at the same time yeah I, be, I believe it was um was it a game in China I believe before Covid kicked off and that was like the last tour if I want to say and I, I think to cover the game we had to watch it with someone kind of recording it on Facebook live I think that was the only way we could actually watch it so hopefully we'll get a bit of better um footage of the game this time around and of course we'll have Joe live there in person to bring I'll us all time it's all right Belting. Oh, Belton. Well, we've always got that. But um, Sai, you tried jumping the gun on us last week when you brought this topic up, and we've saved it till now. <laughs> Joe nearly Joe nearly went to early there as well. But you know, you did mention and rightly so, does kind of Pep maybe trial and look, you know, with his new signings and the kind of the different makeup of the squad, does he potentially look to change his formation from the typical 4-3-3? And and if so, what do you see that becoming and will it get trialed um on Wednesday? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the really interesting one that sort of um, never happened was three five two, that they started playing at the start of the 2017-18 season. 
um, when they signed Mendy and Walker and they had Aguero and Jesus at kind of the, the peak of their powers. Um, and also Sterling was kind of a very good secondary forward. And yeah, and then Mendy got a long-term injury and they didn't have the fullbacks to play 3-5-2, basically. And they never went back to it. Um, so that that would be intriguing now they've got two kind of number nines. Um, that is is also interesting with Haaland and kind of Liam Delap because I, I agree completely with what Joe said about him and that he needs game time and should go out this season. But in in a sense, we've always said about Delap that he's not really a Guardiola player. He's kind of a big number nine. Um, but now City have a big number nine. If they kind of change the formation a bit, then maybe Haaland paves the way for Delap a bit and... You know, if he's good enough, it maybe Haaland means that Delap fits better in this city team than he ever would have done. Um, so you know, I, I'm not expecting that to be this season or anything like that, but that's that's one to watch. And I think with you know the versatility that versatility that Phillips brings in midfield, um, as well, we know Bernardo and Gundogan can play all over that midfield and Foden as well. Um, so I think there's, you know, a real a real test. Um, I remember speaking to the City assistant when they won the league with 100 points and they, he said, you know, we, we played, we came out, we played one formation for five minutes and then we switched and played another formation. And teams had planned for one and then we beat them in those five minutes while they were trying to readjust. Um, so the more versatile City are, the better it is for their chances. So it, it will be really, really interesting to see how they go about these friendlies. Mm-hmm. My, my concern for a back three, um, at least in this summer, Joe, is that you know there's a lack of centre-backs there. We've only got Ake and Diaz as the senior options. Finley Burns and Luke Mbete have travelled as well, who could certainly fill in there and maybe experiment with Rodri further back and having, as Sai mentioned there, you know, a Bernardo and Phillips kind of a dynamic midfield duo. Um, could you see anything like that, or would would you expect um, if there is a formation change, um, something slightly different, four four two maybe to get those two strikers in? That would be funny. See, <laughs> see how the proper football and then react to that. Pep yeah. just going two big lads up top. I'd love to see it. Love to. Two banks of four, quick wingers. Big get time. Yes, yeah. uh, I don't think. Well, I'd be surprised if there were any sort of defensive changes. Just like you say, they put the personnel available, and if you were going to do that long term, then sort of Stones and Laporte would be key to that and they're not there. So is there much point trying to sort of work on that formation when two of the key players aren't there? I think maybe in attack, that will be where any changes are. Maybe sort of doing a, well, attacking midfield. So maybe putting two players at the base of midfield to utilise Phillips. Gundogan can play that sort of role going from defensive to attacking midfield as well. Um, I think that will be what, I would look out for how how they fit Alvarez and and Haaland in the team. Do they play together if if they do at all? But again, with preseason, if it's about fitness, you probably are looking to rotate those two rather than play them together. So with only having two games, I would be surprised if there's any sort of major changes. I'm happy to be corrected, but I, I think it would be more about fitness and getting ready for that Liverpool game and the and the start of the season rather than any sort of major changes to the system that you can probably work on throughout the season slowly here and there uh, one bit at a time when everyone sort of got used to the roles rather than any sort of wholesale, wholesale changes in, in pre-season. 
Yeah, I do agree, but I had just kind of thought of one way, and it wouldn't obviously work at this this tour, but I do think there's one way the back three could potentially work, and it, it will depend on what we talk about momentarily. You know, if Zinchenko does leave, which is looking likely, City have been heavily linked with um, Mark Cucurella, <laughs> got his name right this week. Um, he, um, you know, has played really well for Brighton in his debut season in the Premier League. Um, left back, but also able to kind of play further forward as more of a wing back. If you have him on the left wing back side, Cancelo on the right, and then you move Walker into that centre-back role that he's played really, really well for England on numerous occasions. And then you have him in the middle, you can push into midfield like he usually does. I think that is, you know, and then you have Diaz in the middle with Laporte on the left. I think that could be the way it'd actually work if Pep wanted to do it. What do you reckon? Sounds good. Am I up there with Pep? Get him on the blower. I'll give him the advice he needs, definitely. Definitely. But, you know, that that leads perfectly into Zinchenko. Um, 30 million... Uh, deal um, looks to be in the works uh, with Arsenal. Um, we've reported that Zinchenko would have been happy to stay at City, but he only played 15 times last year at left back, which you know, even though he's done so really well and was quite kind of a pivotal player in the last few games of the Premier League season, um, you know, helped change that last um, that last game against Villa for to secure the title. He's a midfielder by trade. He was brilliant in Ukraine's win um, over Scotland in the World Cup qualifiers clear that he still sees his long-term future there and you know his former uh, coach in Arteta might be able to offer that offering that at Arsenal so seems like a good move for him and for City if they get a decent wedge for a player and um, I don't believe they spent an awful lot on a few years ago when they got him from uh, Russia. Yeah I think it was about 1.6 million they signed him for so they're going to make a huge profit whether it ends up 30 or 35. Um yeah, it, it, it's one of those. It's another example of a player, a bit like Jesus and Sterling, that kind of wants more game time elsewhere. Um, and I know you can it can sort of be overplayed. Oh, Mikel Arteta used to work at City, so he loves all City players. But he was really influential with Zinchenko and with sort of persuading Pep to play him at left back and working on him, working with him in training. Um, so, you know, the, the bond is there and a number of teams interested in him, but that Arteta bond all, always made kind of Arsenal slightly ahead of, of everyone else. And it looks like it's going to go ahead this week. So, um, you know, I sort of wondered if Sinchenko would, uh, would, would go on the tour with City, but, uh, you know, someone uh, got back to me and was like, he's a professional, of course he's going to go. So um, that's kind of been his, his ethic at, at City throughout. He's been, you know, giving a hundred percent, whatever happens and City, even tried to sell him a few years ago and he said, no, I'm staying, but he's, he's decided that um, this is the right time for him to go. So it, it's, you know, a, a blow for City, I would say, in that he can cover so many different positions and also covers left back where they, they are liked, but um, they will, um, you know, go out and replace him with, it's expected to be Cucurella as long as there's no issues with Brighton. So um he will be replaced, even though he'll be missed. Yeah, absolutely. I I think Joe it is a kind of a bit of shame. I I admire City's stance of if a player wants to leave and a club's there for him and the money's right and it works for everyone, just go. What's the point? You know, what's the point in keeping you if you're not happy? Or I'm not saying you're not. Sinchenko's not happy, but if he's got ambitions to play elsewhere and you know play in his favourite position, get more game time. Likewise with Sterling and um, Jesus, as mentioned. I think it's really kind of a it's a rare nice stance in football to just you know fair enough go like City with Sterling 
he's such a good player. They could be like, there's no chance of God's green you're going to what could be a direct Premier League rival. Get yourself, get Barcelona, ring some more money out from back at coach and get them to sign you or something. Like they could have, they would have been well within the right, you know, with a year left of his contract to to keep him at City and not to strengthen a direct rival. But I think it's a nice stance that they, do, you know, if you want to go, just go. We'll, you go with um, all our blessing. I think it's really nice. But it could, as we'll say, it could get them, bite them on the back with, you know, Chelsea next year. And I do think Zinchenko, he's, he is a player I think I'd keep because as I said there, he is so versatile. He never really got a chance in the midfield at City with so many um, great options ahead of him. But he could, the fact that he could play there, he could play left back, um, I think he's a, he's a really useful player that maybe maybe you can replace him. But I don't know if Cucurella is his... Um, versatile, but you know, is it? I don't know. I, I just think that it'd be a bit, a bit of a loss to be honest. Yeah, I, th- I think he will be. And you, you see, if you look back at all the title wins that they've had, he's probably probably played a key role in at, at least two or three of them when he's had to come in when he wasn't starting at left back. Then there's been an injury or an absence or, or whatever, and he's come in and, and played an important role. He did it last season. Um, very admirably and, and very well. Um, and he's he's always a reliable player. Like Sai said, he's always there, giving 100%. Uh, he was at an event yesterday um, with with Mares and he was taking full part. Was, he, he was winding up Bernardo Silva on another pitch. That, you know, he was he, he looked like, if you didn't know that he was potentially going to leave, you wouldn't know that he was going to leave. He, he looked like just, you know, getting involved in a, a community event and, and, Messing around with his, with his teammates, so yeah, I, I think he's a popular member of the squad, isn't he? He's, I, th- I think that might be a, a bigger loss more than anything else. But if you're being sort of sort of take the emotion out of it, he is replaceable, and if you can make a big profit on him, he can stay happy. Like you say, that stance of not keeping players who are unhappy if an acceptable bid comes in, uh, which is an important part of it because with Nathan Ake and a, a bid didn't come in. They didn't meet that value, so he stayed. Um, and that, if, if everything comes together and, and that player can leave and he can be replaced, then I think City are right to let them go and, and not disrupt any any balance of the squad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's hard to argue with it in like a strict business sense. I just think mm-hmm. I, I was like Zinchenko. I think the way he kind of carried on playing um, in the earlier this year, despite everything that was going on, well, got cast mm-hmm. side, knocking stuff over. Is that the uh, mag? Is that your magnum just going for walkies? That's uh, that's just my foot, my clumsy foot. Ah, but, well, we can only apologise for that. But um, as I was saying, um, Zinchenko, the way he kind of played on, you know, so admirably, despite everything going on in his own country, was also you know really emotional and you know showed his commitment to the club as well. I think, yeah, he, as I said, he will be missed, but probably replaced. But you know, one player has joined me today who isn't leaving, um, despite heavily, um, kind of close to potentially going to Chelsea is Nathan Akesai. He's staying as Chelsea kind of turned their attentions elsewhere. Um, you know, as you see with Stones and Laporte out, City aren't blessed with a great um, strength and depth at centre-backs. So I think it's a good good move, really, that he is staying, especially as he's is also capable of playing left-back as well. It's a transfer I'm happiest over this summer. <laughs> I'm so happy. Because I, like... It was just like, it was, it was like it was a given he was going to Chelsea and everything I was hearing was like, it's not that close. It's really not close. I don't think it's close. 
And I was like, oh God, I'm going to look an absolute fool here when he signs for Chelsea. And I've been saying, no, it's not that close. But it turned out it wasn't that close and Chelsea never got close enough to um, to City's valuation. And City said, well, you know what? You've had enough time to do this. Um, see you later. And, you know, Ake is a sort of a good enough guy and player that he he accepts that. You know, you can understand him wanting more game time, especially ahead of the World Cup. Um, but I think he will get he will get minutes um for City and he kind of showed last season with centre back and left back he was he was more important to the squad, a lot more important than he had been um in the first half of the season. So it's a big ask to oust Laporte and Stones and Diaz from the team, but but hey, Laporte and Stones aren't there, so you know he's got a chance to to stake his his claim early on, um, as Joe was saying. So it's you know that that is the often forgotten bit of City's transfer strategy when people say they let him leave at any any cost. No, they they do it for the right price, and you know for for Chelsea to come in and say, yeah, we we really want him. We think he's really important. Oh, but we don't think he's worth um, this amount of money. Um, sort of you know shows how much they. It's a bit like Barcelona saying they love they want Bernardo Silva, but oh, they're going to spend all this money. They don't. They don't have on other players like how much do they actually want him um, or do they just like the idea of being linked to him so you know Ake could have gone for the right fee but City wouldn't need a replacement that would have been really hard to find so I think I think the fact they didn't get a, they couldn't or they were struggling to get a replacement um, kind of contributed to them not uh, negotiating on fee because it's you know, it just would have been really, really difficult. And Ake isn't the sort of player to moan when he's not in the team. He's a good squad player. Um, you know, he's well-liked. I think he got quite a lot of votes in the captaincy vote last year. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a very good bit of business from from City and, and not just because it saved my skin a bit. Well, that's why you come to the Manchester Evening News because, you know, the, the cutting edge of transfer reporting, <laughs> going against the green, putting the head on the chopping block and getting proven right. Um, as we bring this episode to a close, um, Joe, you know, you are in Houston at the minute. You're going to be there, or you're going to be in the States for the, the next um, week or so. Um, you're going over to Green Bay next for the Bayern Munich game. Um, why don't you give us a little lowdown on kind of your plans um, on covering City on this tour, what you're going to be up to, obviously, um, matches and otherwise. So today it's uh, a car drifting event, um, which should be all right. We've got some Riyad Mahrez quotes coming. Um, tomorrow it's all the press conferences. Hopefully sit down with a couple of players, uh, speak to Pep, see what he's got to say, uh, which obviously there's been a lot happening this summer, uh, comings and goings. So uh, it should be quite a lot to, to talk about there. Then the day after is the game. Uh, a nice evening kickoff for us, but I know you're up till the early hours uh, covering that. Um, for me, it's just over my shoulder there, the stadium. If, if you imagine the Etihad, I'm staying at the Asda. So uh, <laughs> I shouldn't get lost there. Um, looks like a good stadium and there's a roof, which I'm hoping is that stays on and it's all air conditioned, which will help me a lot. Um, and then, yeah, off to Green Bay, uh, press conference again, Bayern Munich, a few talking points there with uh, Sane. And is that the first time that Sane will face City? He's not not played. Ooh. played yeah, so. I reckon so. That's, that's a, an, another sort of little talking point. And then after all that's done, come home and, and start the season and, mm-hmm. and a small game against Liverpool. Oh, absolutely. No, at the final bit of the show, I don't <laughs> have a jingle for this, sadly. 
but I've been waiting all week for it. Go, this is dispatches from food hatches. You're in America, the land of the mad food. What have you been scranning in your couple of days in the States so far? Lay it on me. As I say, it's been two days. First day was a, a very, very big taco. Very nice. Um, probably about that big. <laughs> two of them. Awesome. Um, and yesterday was like a, a meat platter, a, a barbecue ranch place, which was uh, equally as good. I, I, always, I always forget when I come to the States just how big everything is. And yeah, I'm uh, enjoying it. And more to come, hopefully. Did it have burnt ends on it? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I'm so <laughs> jealous. I'm so hungry. Well, you know, I'm looking forward to even more dispatches from food hatches as we are, as we continue to follow Joe on the tour. I see you can follow City on the tour. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We'll be back on Thursday um, to kind of get the lowdown on City's match with Club America. So keep your ears peeled for that one. And, of course, you can go get us on manchestereveningnews.co.uk forward slash Manchester City for all of Joe's um, actual football reports, what he's actually there to do, not get, not um, enlightening my food um, fantasies. Um, covering City, you get all the latest, his reports and interviews with, as, as I said, there are loads of top players and managers um, right over there. And, of course, I will be keeping everything locked down over on this side of the pond, won't you, Si, getting all those transfer um, reports dead on, as always. Um, you can get us on Twitter at Man City MEN, on Facebook at Facebook. The Manchester Evening News Man City Facebook page. And thank you, you know, be back here Thursday sharp as we'll bring you all the latest from the City's first match of pre-season. So thank you all very much for listening and we'll see you soon. Ta-ra.